There's no such thing as midlife crisis. It's only that time in your life that you finally let go of all the years that your parents and your friends and everybody else told you how to do and what to be. And you finally release it all and you have found your purpose in your life. Welcome to Trauma to Triumph, where our goal is to empower, inspire, and give you the means to stand up, take control of your life while embracing your inner badass. I am thrilled you are here and wanting to be a part of this journey. In our eighth episode, I am excited to introduce to you Joel Cruzada. Joel is my recovery expert. He is the founder of CryoNext Integrative Healthcare Services. And if you don't know me quite yet, you should know that I'm a fitness junkie. Always looking for optimal ways to perform and live, Joel and I became fast friends. What I didn't realize was that Joel's first wife had struggled with cancer. She eventually lost the battle to it, and this inspired Joel to become a fast adopter to optimization of the body through different recovery modalities. Watching him this last year, I've learned to love the way he shows up for life. His ability to be a strong father figure, business owner, visionary, and an incredible human being, he is Tony Robbins' cryo guy and is rapidly spreading the word on recovery around the globe. In this episode, we are going to explore the importance of recovery and the different modalities, the impact it has on our mindfulness, and how the theta state can help you heal physical, mental, and emotional trauma. Recovery is a game changer, and this episode is going to show you why. Let's get started. All right, so we have Joel Cruzada here. I'm super excited to have you. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. So I met Joel at Unlimited, was it Unleash the Power Within? At Tony yep. Robbins, yes. So it was really cool because I was actually helping out with crewing, which is something that I'd never done before. It was my very first time. And I ended up getting um, placed into the Platinum Lounge. And that's where Joel and his entire team had set up a bunch of portable cryotherapy booths. And I've heard of cryo before, but I'd never really seen it. And I'd never really seen it in a portable like place before. So, I mean, just to have it come out and all these little things was pretty amazing and mind-blowing. And actually, what's really great is that because of Joel, I've like gone into this journey of recovery and recovery modalities. So thank you for that. Um, I appreciate it. And I'm super excited to talk about recovery, talk about family, talk about running a business and having a little bit of fun with that. But before we even get started... I would love for you to share with us something really crazy that nobody really knows about you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the show Wheel of Fortune is? Of course. Okay. Well, that's that month, that year, I was practicing uh, visualization, right? The law of attraction. Uh-huh. Put it out there. I was young. I needed money that year. And I told my best friend, I said, hey, I need 20000 today. You know, January 1st of 1990, I want to say 98, yeah, or 90, yeah, 98, somewhere around there, 1998. And I put it out there and I said, hey, I need $20,000 this year. I don't know how it is. I'm going to keep my mind focused on that, right? Fast forward a couple months later uh, on the radio in Orlando, Florida, someone said, or the radio said, hey, you know, there's a casting going on for Wheel of Fortune at Channel 9 Studios in downtown Orlando. Come come over and, and try your luck and see if you can make it. 
So I called my sister right at that moment. I heard it. He apparently was in the same neighborhood as I was. And we were both within blocks of that radio station, right? (laughs) Planned. It was totally spontaneous. It started raining. There was no traffic yet. We still wanted to move forward and try it out. You know, we didn't let the rain or the no traffic stop us. Sure enough, there was traffic right next to the uh, studio. Uh, The rain let up and we went into the auditions. Uh, The auditions start uh, with a raffle drawing. We got the raffle drawing. Uh, We were picked. Fast forward again. We made it all the way through. We made it onto the show. We visualized us winning and we walked away with $75,000. I won the car. We won about $30,000 plus in cash. We won the bonus round where, you know, uh, um, Pat Sajak spun $5,000 and we hit it. And then we, we won tons of letters that round. And it was our first, uh, my first uh, visualization demonstration in action, right? Because I walked out of my roommate's uh, house that day and I said to him, I go, I'm going to win $30,000 in cash and a car. And I did. I walked away with that much cash and a Dodge Durango. Wow. It works. And then <laughs> that's sort of the start of my whole, you know, visualization and practicing it. That's why I'm here. And that's something that no one knows that I did or not a lot of people. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That could be in a whole nother podcast. Right? I'm like, $1.6 billion, baby, bring it. <laughs> there you go, right? Well, the only reason why no one won was because I didn't buy a ticket. Oh, shit. (laughs) Tell us how it's going down. So law of attraction and all that stuff, that was, you said 1998. How old were you then? 28. I go by the the end year. So I was born in 70. Wow. We're exactly 10 years apart. So were you practicing the law of attraction and like doing the reading on it beforehand? Or did you just like, was it something? Because I mean, at 28 years old, I'm trying to think, were you like into that personal development space where you knew what it was to manifest and all that good stuff? Yes, yes. You know what? My roommate, another another crazy story. My roommate is now a also very, very successful man uh, coaching uh, coaching billionaires and has talked side by side with Tony. Um, at 17, he was in California and he was all about Tony Robbins and he shared Tony with me. So imagine my roommate was this guy. <laughs> he shared Tony and every day we would practice that. Everything from finding the best parking space and next to wherever we were going all the way to whatever it is that we wanted at that age, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, practiced it. So imagine just being next to someone who had that same vision and it just totally pol- we polished each other. Uh, and now this, this guy, his name is Alex Sharfin, actually. He uh, is going around also the country. He, like I mentioned, he spoke next to Tony. And he does his own motivational speaking as well. That's amazing. So with that being said, are you still practicing all of those techniques today? It's not about practicing. It's about just a way of life. It's called faith, right? It's called hope. It's waking up clearing your mind of any type of trauma, any type of uh, anything that holds you back from seeing those opportunities out there, right? It's that, it's that idea when you buy a Hyundai, a red Hyundai, all of a sudden you start seeing red Hyundais uh, driving all over town, right? Right. It's the same thing with opportunities. If you, uh, if you don't have your mind focused on that opportunity or you don't talk about it, you don't think about it, you're never going to see it. 
you know, when you're riding in your red Hyundai throughout the city, all of a sudden you start seeing it because you are sitting inside the red Hyundai. So sit inside your opportunity daily and you will see those opportunities everywhere you go. That's awesome. I love that. So I have to say, I, when I met you initially at UPW, and then I started to see some of your feed come through, a lot of things really resonated for me that you're just so grounded. And what I love about it is from, t- or from posting things about faith and God, and then also posting things about your daughter, like I could daughters, I could literally feel how proud you are and how much faith you have. And, you know, just seeing you run your company and doing all this stuff and like coming in with like really innovative things. I kind of want to take a step into the whole faith realm, just because I feel like it's something that we don't really talk about. Like as an entrepreneur, we, we do all these really successful things and we talk about all these like great visions and, you know, put your nose down to the grind and all this other stuff. But I see that there is a lot of faith posts from you. And I just have to ask, like, how do you see that fitting in? What do you do with that? And like, what are you hoping to like get the message out in terms of faith in God and whatever else? I've done a lot of things. So another thing I've done is uh, I was a lead singer for a rock band and I was going to tour the world. That was my, (laughs) right? I had leather pants and everything, and I hung all that up. And I did so many things. I can, I can paint, I can draw, I can play music, I can fix cars, whatever, right? Um, there comes a point where you just keep on hitting your head and nothing um, happens for you, right? It wasn't until I realized you had to relinquish control in order to do so. But who do you relinquish that control to? Uh, because of my upbringing and, and you know, brought, brought up in the world of, of God, uh, I realized that that's who I needed to let go, right? Sometimes people say uh, giving up is not a factor. Well, I do agree in giving up. You give up all control to God. Once you do that, hey, all of a sudden, all the things that you need to do, you just stay flexible, you stay fluid, uh, you become like water. I, I bring a lot of things in, right? And, and you just stay fluid. It wasn't until I started to stay fluid, let go, um, is when I started to see the opportunities and I started to hear my purpose more and more and the message. Whether you believe it's the voice from God or it's an inner voice or the universe is calling you, something, you have to listen. You have to listen intently. And in order to do so, you have to be mindful. You have to be grounded and you have to stay present all the time because if you miss that voice, you're going to miss that opportunity. And so that's what I do on a daily basis. Um, and in order to do so, I had to make sure that my household, my children were the biggest rocks in my, that bucket analogy, right? Or that jar, you put them first. Uh, I used to put everything else first before I put them. Once I started putting them, at least I knew they were safe and secure. Um, I didn't have to worry. Stress was not a factor anymore. I knew then that everything I did from that point on was for them. A lot of the reasons why we do what we do is because we want to leave some type of legacy, right? Well, legacy dies with you if you don't empty your cup, so to speak, right? If we empty our cup, if I give you information, if I give my children knowledge and all those things, then my legacy will live on the day, you know, I am called back to my creator. So that is, that is what I believe. You become selfless. It's not about you anymore. And that's the type of leadership I like to practice. 
is empowering others and, and emptying my cup so that others can take that baton and run with it. So it's, it's, yes, it's about faith, but it's once you get into that type of faith, it's because you've literally given up all control. Uh, you've relinquished control and you've become selfless. It's not about you anymore. And that's when I found things started to grow and flourish. How do you implement that with your kids? In, in as far as how to do that? Uh, yeah, it's, it's daily communication, never taking anything personally from them because they've got a lot to say. They're going to be honest about it. And you allow them to talk. You, you uh, empower them. You always make sure that they make their own decisions. You sort of guide them. Uh, I'm in the belief that we as parents have caused initial traumas in their lives and maybe not in the, the sense of abuse, but more about uh, just overly loving them, overly protecting them. We create that type of uh, sort of like trauma. We stop them from achieving their own purpose because we love them so much we don't want anything to happen to them that we hinder them from finding their purpose. So what I do is I allow them to make their decisions while guiding them because that's really all we are or should be as parents is to be able to guide them and keep them safe, but not to limit them and stop them from finding their own voice and their own purpose. That's great. I mean, I think a lot of times as parents, we one of the things that my kids always ask me and I find it kind of entertaining is, mom, what do you want me to do when I grow up? And I'm like, mm. it's not about what I want you to do when you grow up. It's what do you want to do when you grow up? You know, how do you want to be? And like, what makes you happy? And it's interesting because my daughter, um, she's very by the book, right? And I don't know if yeah. your kids are like this. Your kids look really free-spirited, especially when they're dancing in their videos, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting because uh, my daughter is always asking, like, what should I do when I grow up? What should I be? And I'm like, maybe that's your decision to make. And I'm just here to help you identify some of those skill sets that you have that you are probably overlooking. Like she's an incredible artist. And I'm like, you got to explore that a little bit more because you absolutely love it. You can get lost in it for hours, right? That's something that you really want to be able to play with. Whereas like, I think for me, when I grew up, um, growing up, especially in like the Asian household, right? It's always about being a doctor or an attorney. And like, you have to do all like the, you know, things that bring you accolades and recognition yeah right and if you're not like at the top of the totem pole like what are you doing right because i think when i went into the fitness industry my family was like what are you doing like what is that like that doesn't even make any sense and you know as we've started to realize that this is you know a great place for different opportunities that you want to go explore and anything can happen like you could win wheel of fortune and walk away with a car (laughs) yeah yeah just by manifesting. So it's interesting that you say that because I feel like the conversations that we have with our kids definitely need to be looked at in terms of making sure that we really are guiding them versus trying to put our own opinions of what they should do or what they yeah. should feel. Yeah. How hard is that, right? How hard is it to, to, and a lot of it's unfortunately is based on our own fears, right? Of what we experience and we don't want our children to experience the same thing. Unfortunately, any type of fear is what will create the, uh, the, the, the trauma in them, right? But the thing is, as you mentioned, your children are trying to uh, literally like please you. Well, that type of conditioning happens when they're born, right? When, 
we keep on saying, don't touch that. Don't do this. Don't do this. Well, a child will try to figure out, okay, so what do you want me to do if you don't want me to touch that? So they're already conditioned, but we don't realize it. Right. But at the same time, we know that we have to protect them, right, from burning their fingers on something or crossing the street. Right. But they don't know that. So by the time they're done with that first five years of life, they've learned to always ask you, okay, so what should I do? Not realizing it all relates to even their choice of friends and boyfriends and girlfriends and schools and careers starts happening. So at some point we need to learn how to let that go. Right. I always think about it as a seed, a rose uh, seed when planted, it grows up as a rose. We let it grow and we watch it bloom and we don't touch it. If we touch it, we can break it. We can, uh, you know, force the petals off and we can kill it. Well, can you do that with a child? Can you plant that seed and just let it grow and blossom on its own? Sort of tough, but it is something that I always tell myself, I've got to watch them all grow and just guide them every so often, but never tell them how to and how, what to do with their lives because, or else they're going to spend. And this is another theory. It's, there's no such thing as midlife crisis. It's only that time in your life that you finally let go of all the years that your parents and your friends and everybody else told you how to do and what to be. And you finally release it all and you have found your purpose in your life. That's when you finally buy your car, start a business or travel the world, right? Or do some crazy stuff, right? Exactly. So I don't want my kids to do that. You know, I don't want my kids (laughs) to find it late in life. They want to find it now. My son is 17. He's building Instagram accounts. He's 5.7. He's uh, a GPA. Uh, He's graduating with honors. Uh, 17, plays basketball, plays every instrument, taught himself everything in one year. Uh, Is singing now. And he's, you know, he's got everything that he wants. He made it to six of the schools that he applied for. So now he's got all the choices in the world, right? But he doesn't want to leave home. Like he doesn't, he doesn't care because he finds so much love and support here. Why does he need to go venture out and find it elsewhere? But yet he knows, um, you know, the world is now his, whatever he wants to do. And that's, that's how I brought him up. That gives me goosebumps. I'm like, goosebumps, way to go, daddy. Right? But it took me a long time to figure that out. And that's the beauty of it, right? My dad learned it in his 70s. He passed it down to me. I learned it in my 30s, 40s. And my goal is to give it to my children so that they don't wait too late to find it out. And they can now start. That's how legacy keeps going on. You have to be willing to change and, 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 and do it with love, always. So that brings me to my next question. How did you get into the cryotherapy, cryo next space? And <laughs> all that? I mean, you go from a rock band to Wheel of Fortune to a bunch of other things. And here you are in uh, recovery modalities. Right. So purpose, uh, staying flexible, staying fluid, asking God to guide you or whatever you believe in. Uh, always allowing uh, and not forcing things because I went to art school in Chicago, School of the Art Institute of Chicago, did graphic design, did fine arts, all that stuff. And But right out of school, I left early, uh, as most entrepreneurs do, right? Because we're so <laughs> ADD, we got to <laughs> And I left early to start a, an art gallery in a frame shop in the heart of Chicago. 
And then from there, I met my first entrepreneurial mentor who also followed, followed Tony, actually Tony Robbins. He's the one who brought me to Tony's, one of Tony's first seminars. I, I walked the coals way back when, you know, and uh, he introduced me to him. Um, and then we started a business here in Orlando in environmental. So every so often I was learning more than just studying art. I was learning how to build businesses. I was learning how to develop brands. Uh, fast forward, I um, met a woman who was a chiropractor. My first, uh, my ex-girlfriend, actually, she was a sports chiropractor. And she came across this cryo sauna that was collecting dust at some speed training camp. And we both looked at it. She saw it as a great modality for chiropractic patients. And I saw it as a business opportunity, right? Uh, you ever watch, um, ever watch, uh, is it Founder, right? With Michael Keaton, how McDonald's started. He saw the McDonald's brothers store and he saw it as a franchise opportunity and they didn't. They just saw it as one restaurant. Same thing with this. Uh, I saw it. There were only a handful of people doing it across the country. And then fast forward, basically, we I applied everything I've learned in business from coaching to building brands uh, to marketing. I was also in the franchise industry and I wrapped it around this one modality, which was a Kraus on it. And we launched it from there. And then a couple of companies later, Cryonext was formed and founded uh, where we build uh, businesses for people with the Krausana as the core. And then we surround it with multiple modalities. And we could drop that wellness uh, concept in any, you know, any kind of business model, whether it's a fitness, uh, medical, you know, chiropractic, physical therapy, anything. Uh, if your focus and your purpose is to help and heal people, cryotherapy was one. But now we've grown to offer everything from LED light therapy, compression, hyperbaric, uh, vibration therapy, um, uh, flotation therapy, all of those things all come together to address the, 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 the source of so much of our conditions, which is inflammation. And I think that's why I'm here is because I need to help more. I couldn't do it with just graphic design. Um, I can do it now with this. You know what I mean? Right. Um, the other thing is I'm, I'm starting to lead more men too. I'm folk, my, my purpose is to coach more men. I think that's where I have to be. I'm still trying to get there, but this business is allowing me to touch uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of people, especially male leaders who need help and guidance in, in their own lives, whether it's kids, their own business and whatever. So I'm seeing it beyond now, just the cryo sauna, and I'm seeing the opportunity there to help uh, guide multiple individuals into whatever it is that they need help on. I love that. I think that the male coaching space has really come full circle. I feel like women tend to do the coaching pretty easily because we're always looking for help. But I feel like men are a little bit harder to reach. And as I'm watching some of my male executives or male business owners take flight and they're like, hmm, I really should think into coaching. What do I do? And they're like, there's a ton of female coaches, but there are not a lot of male coaches that um, resonate. And it's hard to find them and it's hard to find ones that are solid that really walk the walk and talk the talk. Yeah. Right. So it's good to have another resource to be able to refer to. So for all my guy listeners. To all my male listeners, you got to start by being humble. You know, you got to be humble. You got to 
uh, accept more humility in your lives. And it's okay to, to, to laugh, be, to laugh and be laughed at. It's okay. <laughs> unfortunately, we're raised in that environment. And unfortunately, I, we don't have to get deep into this. There, with society, there's more and more, more and more uh, single family households, right? More and more sons are raised by their mothers. Uh, fathers are either working a lot or they're not present, right? So they don't have the male coach in their lives. Women naturally have to be a coach. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You are a mother. Your life as a, as a person is a coach. And your daughters learn how to be coaches early on in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the, so so it's, you guys have a way, uh, a lot of opportunities early on in life to be a coach. I grew up with two sisters and a mom. So... I had that type of coaching around me. So I, I, I give all the women lots of credit all the time. Not only, now I have what, three daughters? And, you know, so. Oh, shoot. I didn't realize your family was so big. I saw the two daughters. And then when you said that your 17 year old son, I was like, oh. I'm an older hey. daughter. Well, let me tell you another reason why a lot of the, my oldest daughter, her mom passed away from cancer. Uh, so she passed away from cancer. That started me on a wellness path. Um, where I was in and out of the hospital for two years straight, learning everything about the body and, and what this thing. And I told her before she passed, I said, I bet, you know, this is sad, but, you know, I can feel it. It's coming. And as you know, the word cancer isn't as traumatic as it was years ago, right? There's a lot more resources and a lot more cures out there that people are doing. Um, my, my sister just was diagnosed with breast cancer uh, a couple months ago, but she beat it. You know what I mean? It's that fast and that quick that we can do something with it. We implemented some of the things that I learned in this, in this whole purpose, right? So was my purpose to help her? Sure. That was one, uh, you know, to share that knowledge with her. But yeah, um, so that's another reason why. But yeah, you know, I've got an oldest daughter as well from that start of that trajectory. That's amazing and beautiful. So when you take a look, I mean, I just love the story about you know, your sister beating cancer and being able to be a resource for her. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of the modalities that you've talked about from cryo to light therapy to um, floating, um, do you find for my non-extreme athletes and non-professional athletes, because there's a lot of like your everyday Joes that are going to be listening um, and cryo isn't like the cheapest thing, right? But there are so many huge benefits to cryo and floating and light therapy. And what I would love to do is have you talk about why the everyday person who isn't practicing extreme sports like myself should be doing this. Yeah. Well, life is an extreme sport, right? It is. <laughs> we don't realize that. We are sitting straight up and down, whether it's at a desk, uh, or in a, on a construction site, it's even worse. You're standing up in the hot sun or wherever you are. Um, you're, you're looking down, and there's this new issue for a lot of chiropractors with back pain and neck pain, especially because we're all looking down at our phone all day, right? So there's, life is an extreme sport. Uh, and so what we're trying to do is promote recovery as a part of life. Just like diet is and exercise, recovery has to be. Uh, how many people are talking about insomnia and, and the fact they can't get to sleep? Well, there's the source of the initial problem, 
If you don't rest, your body won't have time to heal, right? It's in that theta state when you're resting or deep sleep or, you know, when your body can let go of all the stresses in the world, uh, can get, get rid of the idea of having to stand upright and fight the forces of gravity, right? right. Imagine the mind is working overload by doing all those things. So when do you have a chance to actually heal? Well, when you, if you don't sleep and you only get so many hours of sleep, and even when you do get your eight hours, how many of that, those eight hours are at you actually in that deep state of sleep where you're repairing your body? You know, we don't. So a lot of the recovery modalities that we do speed that up. It gets you into that state of, of recovery. Flo- flotation definitely is one where it gets you into that theta state in, imagine, in a, a matter of a few minutes. And so it gets you into that healing process. So a lot of these modalities are important. It's starting to become more and more important mainstream because people are seeing the results and they're able to achieve the, the, uh, the, the healing that they're looking for because they're allowing the body or giving the body a boost to start recovering when they can't do it themselves. Right, especially when time is so short as it is and there's nobody who's really actively being able to say, I mean eight hours of sleep. Yeah, you can say that. There's not too many people that are going to be able to say that. No, <laughs> but now with this flotation, especially this dry floating that we have, you don't have to get out of your clothes. In that 30 minutes of time or 60 or 90 minutes that you do, you actually, people are, are sleeping deeply and resetting their, their clock and they feel like they've uh, gotten the rest that they need. Can you imagine that? Having facilities and more centers or even... Uh, we're putting it in an airport. We're testing it in uh, Newark Airport. Yeah, can you imagine? Everyone needs it. <laughs> yeah. so imagine seeing these dry float beds all over the place yeah. where you can jump in and give the body, uh, the mind, what it needs. So I want to go back for a second because for people who don't understand why theta stage is important, mm-hmm. would you go ahead and elaborate on what, what is theta and why it is critical Ah, theta. It's not really my expertise, but you know, you have alpha, beta, delta, theta. Alpha is is just to give you an idea. Alpha is when you're what watching TV. So these are these are just so everybody knows. These are just states of consciousness to subconsciousness, and it's where people go for for meditating. So it's really important to understand how you are able to manifest things, and this is what they're talking about in terms of like. Um, when you read those books or they talk about meditation and going into different levels of rest and whatnot, it actually mm-hmm. allows you to actively prepare yourself for um, reprogramming your mind. Yeah. Uh, if 90% of your mind is what, what we study, the subconscious, and that's where all the healing, healing happens and that's where theta is, right? Uh, the 10% is our logical mind. It's what creates everything around us. It's that microphone you're talking into, this computer, this podcast. It's the beauty of what what modern day life is all about, right? But unfortunately, it's also the curse because it's where we hold our traumas, our thoughts, our regrets. It's everything is there. It's it's because it's what stores the the memory uh, of, of everything around us. It's the intelligence that we have all around us. But in order to get to that subconscious, we have to get past all those layers of stress, right? 
Mm-hmm. And in order to do so, you've got to breathe. You got to deep breathe deeply. Uh, you got to get past all that before you can get and tap into the theta, which is in the subconscious. But how do you get there if you're not relaxed? If you have your Facebook on your phone, if you've got Alexa talking to you in the background, you know, there's a lot of distractions happening, right? Right. Well, we need to get to that theta state. Alpha state, like I mentioned, was is when you're watching TV, you're in somewhat of a relaxed mode, but it's it's where commercials are shown to you so that you can buy and you can make that quick decision because you're sort of in a relaxed state. You you do that, right? When you're on your Facebook, you're in that sort of alpha state. You're ready to buy. You're ready to make those types of decisions. But we never get down to that theta state of, of, of like you said, of consciousness where we can actually let the brain do its miracle and start healing your body. But how do you get there? I've got actually good programs for that. We can talk about another at another time. Right. That's how you outside win will fortune. Yeah. Outside of guided meditation. It's a whole, it's a whole nother podcast. For it. Ooh, I can't wait for that one. Um, so thank you for that. And the reason why um, I had you on is because when you talk about recovery and all of the things like for me, um, just to give you a little bit of background, I'm a little bit of an extreme sports person. Um, and just in the sense of like, whatever I decide that I want to do, if I want to jump out of an airplane, cool. The airplane thing didn't do much for me though. Um, when you want to step into a ring and like go and yeah, do fights at a late yeah. age of 30, like go and talk about midlife crisis. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or, you know, if you want to do an ultra marathon, cause that's your first race that you decide to sign up for, right? Like most normal people don't do things like this, but for the ones that are currently doing it, you know, on a day-to-day basis, like it would make sense for athletes to understand how to recover. I think that's the biggest difference. And this is what I always tell to my training partners. Like the biggest difference between an amateur and a professional is a professional knows that they have to build in recovery. Right. And not even just from a professional like athlete, but just a person who understands how to take care of their bodies, mm-hmm. how to take care of their mind, how to take care of their spirit. Really that recovery is so huge and so critical. And, I didn't even realize, I think it was the compression pants or whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah. this is fantastic. Like, I love this. Um, but even the cryo, the cryo is amazing in itself just to be able to reset your body like that in three minutes mm-hmm. right? to take it to a completely different temperature. Um, but one of the things that I've really fallen in love with is uh, the foam roller, the vibrating foam roller that you had introduced back in, back at yeah. UPW. Um, that is like my healing saving grace <laughs> Mm-hmm. when I can't get into a massage. I'm like, my calves, my calves. Um, but it, it's great because I hate foam rolling. I hate stretching. I hate doing all that stuff. But that foam roller was like amazing. And my dad loves it. Like I got one for like everybody in my family. Um, the one thing that I will say that is probably the most beneficial for me, and this is for all of the hardcore a drivers, type A personalities. Um, sleeping sucks. Like you're always worried. It's about shutting off that brain, and it's hard to do that. And then, especially when you're a single parent and you have kids and you're running around and you're doing all of your work stuff, your kids stuff, and everything else. It's like yeah. you're gonna crash, right? Like yeah. there's there's no doubt about it. You're gonna crash. Like you can try not to crash and you can try to pretend like you're not gonna be falling forward. Um, but there's a time that you have to take to allocate for yourself. And I have now officially signed up for like unlimited floating. So I'm floating like all the time, like every single day nice. I'm floating because I'm like, okay, if I can't like use this as an excuse for my hour of meditation or something of that sort, um, 
I need it because I'm breaking up my workouts and then I'm being able to step back into mindfulness, which is huge. And so what I love about what you're doing is like forcing people to be in a mindful place, right? So that's where I'm, I'm talking about with, you know, from a professional athlete to an amateur or to a professional, just a person who really takes their lives seriously, like that recovery part is something that's so missed on everybody. And you have to wait until somebody catches cancer or gets sick to actually do the things that reduce the inflammation and give you that space that you need in your brain back so that you can actually function and heal the way that you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, as, as you know, it's, well, one of our philosophies or, or mission statements to our patients is uh, you've got to train the mind and, and then the body will follow, right? In our world, we don't teach that enough. Like you said, we don't go to the doctor until something is wrong. We've got to start educating people on how to do the recovery first. But even then, you can't teach people to recover if there's something blocking right up here. And that's the most, per, you know, that's the most important thing. Uh, it takes about 60 days for someone to break out of a bad habit or learn a new habit. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of 60 day challenges out there because it's trying to force you to do something consecutively. So your hippocampus uh, that stores repetitive patterns uh, will get into that habit. That's how you can train a dog, train animals to do something. You just repeat it. Well, we got to do that to ourselves too. You got to repeat it for 60 days. Well, that's what we're trying to do is get people to do cryo for 60 days straight, do uh, float for 60 days, and then you will start to push away bad behaviors and introduce new ones so that we can get into this uh, habit of recovering. Do you find that out of all of the recovery modalities that the float one or the cryo one, like what's most popular right now? Uh, There's so many different segments out there. Like you said, there's a whole demographic of recovery fanatics, right? Mm -hmm. What is their poison, so to speak? Just like, you know, just like uh, some people like yoga, uh, bar methods or Pilates. Pilates. Yeah. (laughs) I always, I, I confuse myself because I joke around. How come it's not parodies and they call it pirates? So now I'm <laughs> confusing myself when I say that. But uh, so you, you've got your poison of choice and, and there are those that love cold and there are those that love heat. There are those that love float and relaxation and there are those that like compression and someone moving their muscles. Uh, cryotherapy is no doubt uh, moving fast and a lot of people are loving it because of what? It's three minutes long. Uh, the relief that you get is amazing. Always, always people feel the result right away, right? The pain's gone. They're flexible and they're happy. And those are main things that draw people to that modality. So cryotherapy is definitely out there, but float has been around much longer too. So there's a lot of people that do that. So let's go to cryo and the three minutes like, what should people be expecting to happen in those three minutes? How often should you be going? Like, why, why cryo? We said, um, what I tell patients all the time is, and, and customers who do this, is um, so many of our conditions uh, are caused by inflammation, you know? But mm-hmm. inflammation is a, an alert system for your body that tells you something is wrong, right? Uh, but an alert, an alarm that's ringing for more than the amount of time it should be, it becomes annoying, 
And that's what happens with inflammation left untreated. It becomes chronic. But we always say just because it's chronic doesn't mean it's permanent, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Just because you have a disorder of some sort doesn't mean we can put it back in order. Okay, so in both of those things, inflammation is at the core. Um, Cryotherapy treats inflammation. How does it do it? Well, in three minutes, we put you into what a thermal shock is what we call it. Basically, your body goes into a, a chamber of extreme cold that puts your body into a fight or flight response, right? The body's like, okay, the hypothalamus basically kicks in gear and has to regulate your body temperature. So in doing so, it does a vasoconstriction process on your veins to pull all your blood from the peripheral tissue in the skin, not just the blood, but every tissue in your body pulls all of the warmth resource, warm resources to protect your organs, right? Because mm-hmm. it has to keep you alive. So in doing so, uh, all that blood that's in stagnant areas of your body where inflammation occurs in your joints and your muscles, guess what? All that blood is drawn from those extremities and into your core. And it's only three minutes. So during that time, all that new blood recycles, uh, recycles quickly into your heart, uh, reoxygenates it, puts new hormones, proteins. Once you get out of three minutes, not only does it flush it out, it's almost like a fuel injection system. It forces the blood back out into your extremities. And in doing so, it clears out the veins. It clears out the arteries. And so another type of detox process goes on uh, once you come out and you have all this brand new blood into those areas that have issues. Blood has no memory, so it goes through a whole healing process again uh, during that time. So you asked how many times should you do it? Twice is what we recommend. Um, a lot of times people feel much more energetic, so they want to go back to working out. They want to go back into their activities and there's an endorphin rush. So people are more positive, more awake, uh, more aware. They, it boosts their metabolism. So they are uh, hungrier uh, or they just you know, want to do a lot more for the day. So that's a good thing. But at the same time, it gets them into a relaxed state of mind as well. So a lot of people experience a great deep sleep afterwards uh, when they do sleep. And so there's a lot of benefits that occur afterwards. Oh, here's another thing. They burn calories, right? Because they do. Uh, The body has to stay warm. So during that time, uh, triglycerides are released and that reduces fat cells, burns calories, all those beautiful things. And you do lose calories during that three-minute session. It's funny that you say that because that was like the other thing that I was going to ask you. I saw one of the cryo offices out here make this claim that it was burning like up to 900 calories in a three minute session. And I'm like, how? At a time. <laughs> I'm like, what size body are we talking about here for 900 calorie burn? <laughs> they, they have to, they can't make those claims, unfortunately. But everyone has a different BMI, right? If you're right. not wedding, uh, and here's the here's the ironic thing about it: those do, that do have a lot more protective layer on their body, whether it's fat or whether it's muscle, the ones that would gain more from the caloric burn are the ones that don't shiver, right? Because they they're keeping their body warm. But yet, uh, if you shiver, you're 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 visually seeing uh, people burning uh, using energy to burn the calories, but they're not. Oh, right. That's interesting. So the skinnier you are, yes, you, you see those people like myself. I'm in there constantly. Sh- of course, I'm from the Philippines, so I tend to shiver whenever it's cold. <laughs> when it drops here to sixty degrees in 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 Orlando, I shiver. So 
I said, yeah. you're not coming to Seattle anytime soon. Then. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure it's like 40 something in the 40. high forties, low fifties out here right now. Oh, beautiful. Yes. So, um, so cryo is interesting. Uh, I definitely appreciate that piece of information. When you take a look at cryo, so there's a couple of different things that I've seen out there and I just have to have, like, I want to have a better understanding of the difference of no nitro versus nitro, like the 240. And some people are like, oh, we only go to like a hundred and I don't know, 66. something like that. Yeah. What is that? And like, what should people be looking for? And why is there a difference between the two? And yeah. A couple factors. You want to make sure that the body experiences that thermal shock, meaning it has to go into that fight or flight response right away. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got to put the body in, in, in that type of, uh, state um that's why ice baths aren't as effective or they are effective but people like this more because the body goes into a thermal shock whereas an ice bath or a cold shower the body gets acclimated to that cold right so it has that initial fight response it'll try and fight the that extreme cold so it'll mm. keep the body much warmer so the next factor is making sure that the body temp drops by 30 to 40 degrees in that short amount of time, right? If it doesn't, then yes, it didn't really do what it needed to do therapeutically. So what we do is when we put someone in and they come out, we measure their skin temperature right away. And if it drops 30 to 40 degrees, then we know there was a therapeutic response. Oh, I've never seen anybody measure my skin before. Because sometimes these machines don't do it, unfortunately. You know, so you experience the cold, and, and there will be some effects, but what you want to experience the most effective relief from it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So what's the temperature? Some The electric chambers do negative 166 that don't use nitrogen uh, or negative 110 degrees Celsius, negative 80 degrees Celsius, whatever it is that they measure it in. And then your nitrogen base can go up to negative 300 degrees Fahrenheit, right? Right. If you can achieve the results of bringing the body temperature down 30 to 40 degrees and you don't need all that extra cold mm-hmm. as a business owner you don't need to waste that amount of nitrogen on one individual if you're already achieving the results the first minute or so minute and a half or so in a lower in a much warmer temperature right so that's all we look for if we don't like say a gentleman or a, a woman has a female uh, patient has more muscles on their bone or more fat on their body and they come out and their body temp is like 70 degrees, we'll put them in again so that we can bring them down to where we need to be. We have to act like that. We have to act like, you know, uh, we, we need to know to make sure that the body goes down so that they experience it. I love that insider tip. That's a really good insider tip. I wish I would have known that beforehand. How I'm going to take my own little thermometer and like start scanning my own body. <laughs> yeah, you should bring your own. It's on Amazon. It's about 80 bucks. It's a skin temperature reader and you mm-hmm. apply it on your, not, not the one that you take your, you know, temperature for when you're sick, mm-hmm. uh, because that doesn't get as, it doesn't measure as, uh, as cold as what we're talking. Wow. Well, I'm gonna have to get a link for that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause I kind of geek out about that stuff. Um, so here's another question for you. I found that there are a lot of, um, interesting, people taking their kids through the journey of athletics. And my question for you is that, does are you able to 
would you want to teach your kids to be able to do cryo and float and all that other stuff as well? Is it something that you would recommend? It's something that you wouldn't recommend? What are your thoughts around that? You definitely want to teach them about the body and what the, the basic facts about it. My children understand it. Um, they're another reason why I do it. You know, we have some stuff that we uh, go to doctors for in that regard. Uh, so I need to teach them about their bodies so that they can, at some point when they're ready to do it. Uh, cryotherapy is not necessarily, it's, it's a little too extreme for children because, you know, their skin's so young, uh, you know, their bones are still growing. Everything is just growing in their bodies. So we do, uh, on young athletes, we do some cryo, but we make sure it's not as extreme. We do it for a short amount of time, but at least we teach them why we do it. Um, and they, uh, everyone needs to learn early on so that they don't experience what we're experiencing later on in life. But yeah, I do, I do think they, they should do it. So do you have any like age recommendations for when you should start kind of playing around with this? I mean, kids are doing ice baths now, right? Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, they're all doing the ice because you're going to get injured. There's not going to be a kid out there that doesn't get injured at least one point or another. Uh There were videos in Russia and Siberia where they bring their children outside during recess in their bathing suits and wow. they go to an ice environment and jump into the pool for a couple of minutes at a time and they come back in. I mean, they, they teach them early on. That's why Europe is much more on this than we are because they believe in cold therapy. Yeah. You know? So they too need a reboot a re- of, of their mind and everything else. So uh, as far as what we want, you know, as far as if, if a child is very active in sports, might as well teach them why we want them to recover as well, because we don't want them to experience the pain. Although their bodies are quicker to recover, we still need to teach them and help them. Yeah, completely agree. It's interesting because I have a lot of um, clients and friends that have kids that are, you know, working their way to be college athletes and if not professional athletes. And, you know, the first question that I'm always asking is who's helping you with your nutrition and who's helping with your recovery because that's everything, yeah. right? Like a kid can only perform for so long before they get worn out, tired and whatnot. And um, one of the biggest things that I've recommended is, you know, from float pods to, you know, compression, depending on what their activities are and then, you know, cryo bit. I just didn't know if that was a, any similar thought process that you might've had there. And I appreciate you sharing that. I didn't know about the Russia thing. That's crazy. Yeah. And you, you hit right on it. Nutrition is probably where I would fo- put more of my focus on right. because you have to build those bones, you know, the build the body from the inside out. And right. all these young athletes, I, you know, I coach basketball with my son and you have these young guys that are tall. They're growing fast, right? But they're growing so fast because of what they're putting in their bodies, but they're not fortifying those bones as they're growing. And right. so you see these young athletes from KD all the way through breaking their bones. They're not, they're not just breaking, you know, where the joints are, they're breaking bones, you know, yeah. uh, and they're not fortified because you look at them, they just, it's just, it's not natural to see someone grow that tall, that fast. And so what you put inside is really a factor. Now, cryo and mobilizing oxygen and blood through their body to help fortify that growth, then yes, that's where that is very important. So... I know that we're getting close to being done with our hour here. Um, what I would love to ask you is if there's anything that you would want to see people do more of 
what would that be? Just to be more, to give back to whatever it is that you think of, like what would you like to see people doing more of? Um, love all. Mm. Being understanding of all. It will open up mo- so many doors in your lives. Uh, everyone asks, how can I grow this business? How can I become a better leader? How can I uh, be more successful? That's the, that's the one trait that we've forgotten how to do. I know I have many occasions. But what I find that when I start with that thought, I can understand the person I'm speaking with, this podcast I'm having, my children who are screaming at me. And it helps me stay mindful and focused on the, the topic at hand. And then to be able to be relaxed uh, enough to then see the next opportunity. Um, we are constantly, as you can see, bombarding our Facebook posts with issues that we have against others, against companies, against the media, whatever it may be. That takes a lot of energy to do that, right? Ask yourself where you want to apply that energy instead of that thought. And if you could start with love, guess what? You're going to save more energy for what you really, truly want to do with your life. That's awesome. <laughs> You're the man. Thank you. Uh, I can't wait for you to coach more men. <laughs> well, hopefully they sign up. Tell me if they do after you post this. <laughs> I will for Take sure. Care. So um, a few things. What are you currently working on? I mean, I will definitely place things in the show notes, but what are you currently working on that you would like us? I mean, coaching is obviously one that we need to push people towards because, I mean, anybody who talks like that with their kids and understands their purpose, that's pretty amazing and phenomenal. And just to be so streamlined about it and to allow yourself to have the fluidity to do all of that stuff, like you are an amazing coach as it is. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been exciting. I'm sure we can do more. There's so much more to talk about, but it's, it's, it's about helping others. And just you and I sharing this moment right now is changing to, to the trajectory in so many people's lives once you do post it. You know, us meeting was for a purpose and a reason. And I'm sure everyone in that, that uh, the UPW event experienced something different and they're all scattering around helping others as well. So um, the next project is uh, we're continuing to grow this industry. We're bringing in an electric uh, technology in cryotherapy. That's the next step, right? Um, that's gonna, we're gonna launch that in December. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's evolving as we speak in a short amount of time. Uh, we're bringing in this dry float. We're bringing in uh, weight loss therapies that are gonna be faster and less operator time. So a lot of cool technologies that we're bringing to the wellness industry. Well, I'm so excited to see that. I'm I'm really actually excited about the dry float therapy because I'm like, I'm tired of taking a shower before and after I get in and out of this thing. So it's yeah. going to be great. <laughs> well, there's only three in the country so far, New York, here in Orlando, and one in San Diego. Um, it's time to bring it up there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I will post everything in the show notes on how people can find you. And I look forward to hopefully hosting you again soon. We'll do it again. No, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. All right. Take care. Peace. Love all. You can see why I have so much respect for Joel. His ability to be grounded, a thought leader, and have so much passion for life. He is an incredible role model and does great work. If you're interested in connecting with Joel, you can find him on Instagram or Facebook 
at Joel Cruzada, C-R-U-Z-A-D-A. The biggest challenge for most of us is getting comfortable with our thoughts and feelings. What I love about sensory deprivation tanks or AKA float pods is that it's my two-in-one. By scheduling the time, I force myself to shut all the outside noise down and allow myself the much needed time to meditate and visualize. It also helps with physical recovery, being extremely active, always running or training at some ridiculous level. Taking the time to really sit in our thoughts is so hard because it's easier to find any reason to do just about anything else. Clean the toilets all of a sudden doesn't sound like a bad deal. But by doing this, by actually sitting in our thoughts, we can really get to the root of what it is that we need to acknowledge. Recovery allows us the time to think and process. And honestly, I don't know anyone who really spends a healthy amount of time doing it. I'm hoping that by listening to this episode, you'll have found new and creative ways to allow yourself to just be and the importance of physical recovery and how it can be a game changer for long-term success. If you found this episode helpful, please help this new girl out. Subscribe to Trauma to Triumph in iTunes and leave me a review. If you want to connect even further, come to my site, which is kimbao.co, K-I-M-B-A-O dot C-O, co, not com, and drop me a question or let me know what resonated. There's always room to improve and would love to hear the feedback you have for me and to be able to connect. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you, your insight, your willingness to hear another perspective to add to your arsenal of amazing tools you already have. Enjoy right now and we'll see you at the next episode. Much love.